0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 467. And today's show is brought to you by Holo, VPN and Micro.blog. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad.
1: I tried so hard.
0: You're in Mike. the doghouse today. So hard. Brad's in the doghouse, everybody.
1: To make this work. I tried so hard, and I still failed. My mm. one job. <laughs> still failed my one job, Mike.
0: So Brad is on vacation this week and very kindly still suggested he would do the show. And I was like, Brad, that's very wonderful of you. I'm, I'm so happy. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to bring all my stuff. You know, we'll do the show as normal. I'm like, thank you, Brad. And then he just messaged me and said, so it seems like after all of my planning and prep, the actual microphone didn't make it into my bag. I had to unhook everything Uh, I have the amp, the cord, the headphones, but no microphone. So Brad is calling in from a lake house somewhere on his AirPods, and this is one of those unfortunate situations where the time stuff doesn't work, that like technically Brad could do tomorrow or Friday, but... I have no space tomorrow or Friday, at a time that makes mm-hmm. sense for supposed to record. So, pen addict audience, we would like to issue an apology for the regressed audio in this episode. Think of it as like um, nostalgia for the first, <laughs> I don't know, 200 episodes or something.
1: You know, I, I really tried so hard. I planned everything perfectly. And then that stupid mount on the microphone, I wasn't going to bring the mount, right? Because that's just too much to pack. I can hold the microphone in my hand for one episode. In theory, it, it threw me off. Mm-hmm. It threw me off, and I was so sure I had nailed everything. I didn't even check until like thirty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I was—that's how confident I was. In well, the situation. you know, you're a professional
0: and... podcaster. Why would you forget your yeah. microphone, right?
1: No, exactly. I am...
0: <laughs> you wouldn't do that, so you don't need to check. <laughs>
1: God. I I didn't forget like the stationary stuff. Yeah, that stuff made it on vacation. Mm-hmm. I did forget the microphone though.
0: Priority. Uh, sorry, Mike. It's
1: okay. Sorry, listeners.
0: Yeah, don't apologize to me. You know, it's our listeners mm. that that deserve the apology. But I'm sure that they're even sorry, more listeners. forgiving than I am because they're like
1: nice. Like they, that. yeah, they are nice like that. And uh, man. I'm bummed. I'm just like I'm replaying this whole thing through my head. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no way that I failed this, and then I failed this. (laughs) You
0: know what's gonna happen? You're gonna forget about it, and you're gonna go home, and you're gonna go into the office, and the microphone's just gonna be sitting there looking at you, and then you're gonna feel bad all over again.
1: I am. (laughs) This is this is a you had one job situation. Yes, and where where I failed.
0: (laughs) So, what kind of vacation are you on, Brad? Give set the scene for me.
1: We are on a quiet family vacation. So, um, my family, my parents, and then my sister and her her husband and daughter, who I only get to see once a year. And during COVID times, we didn't get to see them that year. So, it's I hadn't seen them in like two years. So, we're just a quiet lake abode. Very um, nice. Just chilling with family. Like literally nine of us in a house and doing like next to nothing like floating around on the boat and uh chatting and beverages and playing games and reading books so like a great like getaway vacation
0: very jealous
1: yeah yeah just super chill like that's why i wasn't worried about podcasting because Mm -hmm. i know half the house will still be asleep at 10 o'clock on a wednesday because we're up late at night just hanging out
0: Mm -hmm. now i know that for brad dowdy no vacation Mm -hmm. It's truly a vacation. Which stationary went with you on your vacation?
1: <laughs> it's always an important packing item. Not yeah. as important as a microphone. I'm going to go ahead and jump <laughs> in on that. Mic. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. We're just going to cut you off right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not as important as the actual microphone I needed today. But secondarily, secondarily I did consider what I was packing because my sister... And my niece are like super into this type of stuff. Right. Right. So my sister is uh, an artist and bookbinder by trade. You know, her daughter is going into graphic design. So they like all this stuff. So I wanted to make sure Mm -hmm. that my sister got to see my masubi journal that I talk about so much because of the craftsmanship and the materials and the quality. And it's something that. I talk about all the time. It's something I use all the time. So I wanted to get that in her hands. And like we sat down and, you know, she looked at the book. Then we went through the website and talked about Daryl's, um, you know, mission with Misubi and, you know, all the cool things that he does and all the different fabrics and all that. And how he puts the notebooks together. So I wanted to make sure to bring that. So I brought my iridescent indigo bank bank paper model, Mississippi. Right. So, um, that was mandatory and that was definitely going to be on the list. And, and she's in, she's, she's like, so do you want to make something like this? I'm like, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but I thought you should see it. Cause it's right up your alley. It's very, very cool. Um, then I also brought spoke pens because they have not got to see what Brian has been making and I've been helping Brian with, as far as like the spoke stuff goes mm-hmm. right so i got to show them the icon fountain pen the traditional spoke pen with the signo dx um the roadie and the model 4 pencil and everyone i i i handed over to my sister she's like oh i like this one she's like oh i like this one so i gave her all of those she's got a she has uh. An icon now, a spoke pen. I didn't give her the roadie because the only roadie I brought was my Joy Division etched barrel roadie, which I put a link in the show notes to. But it was funny, um, just so you know, that my sister and I are on the same wavelength. She was actually wearing her Joy Division t-shirt at the time I was showing her that pen. So we are uh, two peas in a pod as far as that goes. Family for sure. Mm -hmm. But her favorite thing of the spoke items that I gave her was the model four pencil with the inverted brass grip, which was my pencil. Um, but I, I gave that to her and I'll I'll get another one. The orange with the brass inverted grip. I didn't, I have a picture of that I didn't put it in the show notes, but I can get one. Um, she was fascinated by that whole thing. She loved it. She loved the 0.5 core core, the graphite, Mm -hmm. not the core. Um, so, yeah, like it was it was cool to show her like the stuff that I like from other people like Masubi, and then the spoke pens that I'm involved with and uh, able to give uh, them some of those to take home with them was cool. Uh, now I need to get them a stack of notebooks like I purposely didn't bring a ton of notebooks to give them, but I always usually bring them like a box of stationery just to take home. And uh, this year, I'm gonna, I decided to mail it just because we were, like, packed tight, except for the
0: microphone. It must feel pretty nice in these kinds of situations, though, that the stuff that you're giving is stuff that you've made rather than stuff that you've collected. That must just be a nice, like, yeah. change that's happened over time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's super cool to be able to share that with someone who, like, kind of gets it, like, in a, you know, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And like to see their reaction to the things and that you've made and, and how they, you know, interact with those things and what are their thoughts that, you know, it's always fun. Even like if it wasn't like my sister sitting here going to a pen show and someone figuring out like a pen case or a pen for them and then like explaining it in words, oh, I would use it this way. And it's like, that's yeah. really cool to like, you know, you can only see so much in your head, right, when you make things or I make things. Like, you have your kind of predetermined ideas on what you're going to do with them. And to get that other feedback is, like, super valuable to see it in other people's hands and have them tell you this and that, like, how the, how they would use it or what their thoughts are, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's very cool. Love it. Um, I did bring some new pens that I just inked up last week that I'm – working on testing and reviewing Um, the Leonardo Memento zero mango with black trim, Mike, this is a heck of a pen. I, I'm very confident in the Leonardo ranking in the top five fountain pens category from 100 to $200. I'll put it number two. Um, I wouldn't argue with people who would want to put it at number one. I think even it's, it just feels that good to write with. I, it's hard to explain why I enjoy this pen so much and why I think other people will enjoy it so much. And even though this is like my third one, it just, you, you get that pen, you ink it up, you start writing with it. And it's just like perfect for me and it's designed in such a way that I think a lot of people will have the same experience because it's not odd. It's not, it doesn't have, Oh, but here's this one thing
0: Mm.
1: you have to pay attention to or worry about or figure out with the pen, right? It's just, it's very classic, but in a modern updated refined way. And it's just a pure joy for me to write with. I inked it up with another new product that I'm going to, using this pen probably for a while. Birmingham pens, I've been playing around with some of their inks. I have antique sepia ink in this pen. You know, this is a bright orange pen. It screams for orange ink, so I was determined not to put in orange ink because you know, you gotta be different. And this kind of matches the the brownish undertones of the pen. It's kind of a perfect Tell me, perfect match. What
0: so, nib do you have in the Memento Zero?
1: So this one is the black plated extra fine.
0: But what material?
1: And it's a nail. It, it's a nail, Steel. Steel. Okay. I always get these with steel. Huh. And it's just a nail and it's awesome. Like I, it's kind of, it's the perfect writing nib for mm-hmm. me. Right. It, it's firm. It's fine. It It's flow is like right there, like medium flow. It's not too dry. It's not too wet. It's just it's right on the money, you know. That helps with you know all the positive things that I have to say about yeah. it because it just worked awesome right out the box. Like the the fit and finish and feel of it on the page. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, this is what this is what a fountain pen should feel like, right? Like we can talk about like the Leonardo Memento Zero and compare it to say like the Pilot Vanishing Point. Is they're about the same price and you get a gold nib and you have this cool mechanism, but there's a lot. More questions and discussion you have to have around a vanishing point if you're going to recommend that to somebody, where something like the Leonardo Memento Zero is straightforward and top of the class.
0: I feel like I should have one of these. I mean, because I, I still don't think I get it, you know?
1: yeah. That's, I mean that's fair like I understand that. Uh, but like, I guess look it's at fair, it not what,
0: I mean like you know I don't know how fair it is to say I don't get it considering I've never actually used one.
1: Um well here's the here's the thing like if you the, the moment you pick one up mm. you're not going to say oh my gosh. Right. You know like that feeling like I know yep. how you do that right? It's yep. not it's not that. It's not going to give you that. So you can't like these types of things that we talk about that I say I like them so much. You can't work your own... Self up thinking that this is gonna like change my life type of type of pen. Like, I've never okay. felt anything like this before. It is amazing, yeah, right? It's not, it's, I'm not it's, gonna, it's, you're you're that not gonna kind get of
0: that experience because that's not what it's aiming right. for, anyway.
1: But it's right. that real so,
0: solid kind of you know, how much are they $199 pen? Like, it's uh, that kind of solid, yeah, that's what this is, yeah. Okay,
1: like it just works, it does its job exceptionally mm-hmm. well. Right, so it, it's it's that type of product. The other one, pen that I'm brought is I'm trying to figure out how it relates to the Leonardo, and that's Mayora. So that I have the Impronte Oversize Poselipo Golden Touch, very long name. I don't know which part of the name means which part of the product, mm-hmm. other than Oversize. It's a large pen, a little bit bigger than the Momento Zero, wider in diameter, and it has one of those very concave grip sections. So between the size of the pen and the concave grip grip section, I wasn't sure if I would like this pen. So I held off when they kind of launched, I don't know, or not launched, but when they first came around, I don't know, a year or so ago, I was like, ooh, that's a really nice looking pen, but it's probably a little big for me. Then I got my Kasama Una, and it has kind of that same shape. It's a wide diameter barrel. With a very concurrent cave grip. And it mm-hmm. turns out that that works for me. So this one's working for me so far. I'm liking it. Both Mayora and Leonardo came from the remnants of the Delta closure. Um, when Delta fountain pens shut down yeah. in Italy. Both of the families that now went on to form these two companies uh, came, came from that. And you can see... Like, the, these pens kind of favor each other in design. Well, like you see, that Italian... like, a family
0: tree, right? You've got, like, the look of the Delta right. pen and then their two children. Because the right. Mayora and the Leonardo look very similar in design, right? Like, everything <laughs> about it, it's, like, really, the to mm-hmm. me, like, the key difference between the two of them is the clip design. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the thing that really sets the kind of standard apart, right? Like, they Big, bright, colorful acrylic pens with bands that go around in metal, right? Like at certain (laughs) points on the pen. Um, But the the clip design seems to really um, set the two apart.
1: Yeah. um, Would you say the the Mayor is a little more standard? Basic and the Leonardo is a little bit more modern classic. Um, I don't even know how to describe them. I would say they're neither. That, or, neither of them are like an. They're not like. We're not talking about like. For those of you who can't see the image, we're not talking about like a Visconti clip situation here.
0: No, like the 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 Majora's clip is very basic. Like it's just this is a clip, mm-hmm. and the Leonardo clip they've tried to do something with it. They put that kind of like little right. steamroller on the bottom of it, which right. I actually don't like that. I I don't have a big problem with the Leonardo clip it's not a stopping mm-hmm. point for me like Visconti right um but just the right. general design of the clip is a turn off for me for the Leonardo however mm-hmm. the Mayora mm-hmm. pen uh I I don't I don't I don't like that I would prefer honestly for me anyway I'd prefer both of these pens without a clip on them um mm-hmm. cause aesthetically uh, cuz the clip design itself is not one is too basic and one is too much, for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, so that's funny. Um, I had to go look at the images. That's how little I've noticed the clips on these <laughs> <Spence> beds <laughs> for having used used them for a while. That's how little they stand out to me. Like, okay, I think I I saw them as like okay, clip good, and then just moved on to something else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite. <laughs> so picky I, I couldn't with, even picture the clips. design. And I think it's because, in want- general, I prefer pens without clips on them. So, if I'm going to have a clip mm-hmm. design, it needs to be one that I like. And just, like, in general, I enjoy both Sailor and Platinum's clip designs. like, Sure. Because, like, Platinum's clip design is very basic, but they've kind of nailed it, right? Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a very standardized shape, but it's got, like, a nice engraving that goes around the outside. And just, I I, I enjoy Sailor's overall design, which... You know, is reminiscent of a kind of duck bill, but luckily um mm-hmm. they didn't they have gone even further in that direction before, but then pulled it back again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I inked up this Mayora. Uh I definitely went matchy matchy with this one and continued my travels into Pannonia Inkland. Um so I have Merigzold in this poison one green. which is called poison, poison green and it's really kind of more of a blue green which fits this mm-hmm. pen uh yeah like i don't even i was actually confused when i went to go see what color this was and that it had actually a green anywhere in the name because it's really more like an aqua teal maybe um it's great it's it's fantastic ink it matches this pen perfectly so i'll be talking about more of both of these pens and both inks um soon so this is what it, I brought these because they're new to me and I'm going to start working on their reviews. So I need to get them inked up and used so I can kind of get a good baseline. Uh, I will definitely review the Mayora first just because um, I've reviewed a Leonardo before and I'll, re- I'll review this one separately, but the Mayora is going to be first just because it's really new to me. And uh, I- I'm happy with it so far. I-, I have a couple of minor questions that I want to s- that I just need to explore a little bit more. But I think overall it's going to get like a, a good review. But then you can't help but have to compare it to the Leonardo, and it's just not going to rank as well, just because in a in a recommendation kind of way, not not a personal kind of way. It's it's wider and has more questions to ask around the grip section, so it's for less people right out the gate from a recommendation perspective. So that's all kind of look at these things. So um, that's my initial thoughts, but I'm definitely enjoying it.
0: All right, let's take our first break of this episode and thank our first sponsor. It's a new sponsor for the show, micro.blog. If you're a pen addict who wants to share your love of pens and ink and stationery and more, you can join micro.blog where you'll find kindred spirits. Blog is an easy-to-use blogging platform where you can write short, long, short or long blog posts, you can share photos, video, or even host a podcast of your own. But more than a place to post your stuff, it's also a friendly community of people with a wide range of interests who share and comment via the the, uh, service's social timeline, backed by strong community guidelines that are enforced by the people running and moderating the communities. It really is a very cool uh, and and special thing. Like, micro.blog's been around for a while now, um, and I've always loved myself how on the site, the content that you put on there. It actually feels much more like it's yours because it doesn't feel like it's belonging to a company to fuel their algorithms and sell their ads because this isn't something that they do. You have so much more control about where things live and where they're seen. And the fact that the communities themselves or more focused than other social networks, you may be able to more freely explore the things that you love. Uh, They also actually, just just before uh, sponsoring the show, they added a feature to use emoji to discover things that you care about. And so... What would be good for listeners to this show? Any post that uses the fountain pen emoji um, attached to it will be surfaced in a new pens and ink topic on Micro.blog, so you can very easily find new people to share stuff with. So I think that's super super cool. I really love that feature. That was that was really nice to see them put that in there. Look micro.blog is different there's no ads there's no behind the scenes algorithm choosing which posts appear in your timeline if you always wanted to share your love of pens but have felt lost or discouraged by larger social media sites to micro.blog you can meet fellow enthusiasts and the rest of the community who share interesting things that they love micro.blog hosting starts at five dollars a month you can use your own domain and you can even cross post from there to twitter tumblr and mastodon using your own domain name your posts reside on a blog that you control and you can use micro.blog via mac ios and android as well as the web If you're ready to try a different blogging and social media experience, head to micro.blog slash penaddict, where you'll be able to sign up for free and try out all of the features of micro.blog for one month of free usage. That's micro.blog slash penaddict for a one month free trial. Our thanks to micro.blog for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: Can I say a few words about this?
0: Yes, I would love you to. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm inordinate inordinately excited about this sponsorship. I was a supporter of the launch of Micro.blog. blog. It
0: was a Kickstarter from right?
1: their Kickstarter, yeah, their Kickstarter too. campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love this idea and I haven't been using it like admittedly in late last year. I was like, I need to start working on this a little bit more. And I talked with, um, you know, one of the, the, the main people over there at micro blog, Jean, she's a good mm-hmm. friend of your, yours and ours. And, mm-hmm. Just an awesome all-around person, and I was like, I, I, I really need what Micro Blog is offering. I need this comfortable social media experience that's fun and fascinating and interesting and community built, and it's really cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start leaning into this a lot more going forward. Not just because they're sponsoring the show, but because it has been like on you know, the, my fingertips here for the longest time that I really need to use this for like pin related stuff and be involved in this space because I like everything about it and, um, want to be part of it. So yeah, I'm going to start working on that soon. Um, I spent, uh, some time kind of cleaning up my old accounts, trying to get everything kind of spiffied up. So I will shoot over a link to, um, to my micro blog. I'm Brad on there. So from you know the the OG days when you when you sign up at Kickstarter, you got to reserve your name, so you can find me at Brad. Yeah, what you there. definitely
0: um, need is another different username.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll probably I'll probably continue to work on that and uh, make more new usernames for different things. But no, I'm excited about this. I've been yeah. wanting to 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 work on my microblog for a while just because it's easy and it's fun, and uh, I, I I look forward to it. Something else we can look forward to, Mike. Okay. Every few months Yeah. in your mail. What do you got?
0: Yeah, I mentioned this a little bit last time, and I thought that, I I don't know, we could maybe touch on it a little bit more. Um, The Theme System Mm -hmm. Journal now is offered via a quarterly rolling subscription. So previously, you've been able to just go to cortexmash.com or buy a Theme System Journal of your own whenever you've wanted one and, and the listeners of this show have been following the story of this will know that we have had what I consider now at this point to be historic levels of stock shortages. Um, you, like, the, you know, it's kind of like the, the product is now two years old and we have sold more in the last year than we did in the prior year and a half. And one of the big reasons for this is because for most of that year and a half, the product was not in stock at all we couldn't keep it in stock. Um, and now we are in a position where um, we have a, a better supply flow, I'll say. you know, like we, we've moved to a different manufacturer, where we're able to tweak things a little bit differently, and we're able to restock much faster. And so now we're very comfortable with our stock levels so much that we are willing to say, hey, if you want to give us – if you want to subscribe, give us money every quarter, you'll get one every quarter, right? And this just isn't something we could have done before because if we didn't, if we weren't confident in a, the amount of time it takes us to restock the product, then we wouldn't be able to fulfill the subscriptions, right? So, you know, you'd come to like subscription refill time and it's like, <laughs> oh, we don't have any of these and we're not going to have them for three months. Now, again, like this is a, we're kind of calling this like a beta really, because we still got to make it work, right? Like something could happen that we're not anticipating and then we need like, it's like hair on fire time trying to get new ones of these things printed in time, right? So like, we're still kind of, we're still kind of getting our heads around this, which is why we've launched it in the middle of the year, right? Like the the best time for anything related to the theme system journal is between like November and January because that's when people are thinking about their next year. Like, and even though the product technically lasts kind of around ninety days if you journal every day, it's just not really the time frame that people are thinking. Hey, I'm going to start my new yearly theme in July, right? But people that are in the system and are using it. They need one every 90 days. So we have people now that are getting ready to buy their new journal. So we're like, hey, if you want now, you can subscribe instead. And we're working with Cotton Bureau on this. This is the first subscription product that they've done. And they've been really awesome in helping us kind of get this off the ground. So things are, you know, they're, they're a little bit delicate in places. You know, like we have fixed times that we send them. You know, like people said, like, it would be great if I could just get one under the 90-day interval from when I first buy. And I agree with that, but that logistically is too complicated for us (coughs) right now with the setup that we have. So effectively, when you go to the page, it says, like, hey, if you order before this day, you'll get one in this amount of time, and then your next delivery will be this time, and then it will be every three months from there. You know, so by and large, most people would have a, the journal for every day that they need. It might, you know, after your first one, you might have like a day or two, depending on when you buy, where you need to wait for your next journal to arrive. But we're also sending them, starting to send them like a month before you need them. So I I reckon people will be fine. Like this isn't something we're going to know about on mass for a while, you know? Like how is it, like what do people think of the delivery process and stuff? But there are benefits to doing it. Like we've taken $5 off the price, which I think is pretty great. So instead of $25 mm-hmm. it costs 20 and we're throwing in just some little thank you extras like stickers and stuff like that which I'm hoping as the subscription grows like the people that grow we might be able to offer more elaborate gifts you know this is like like you know look listeners of this show know what I'm doing here right quarterly mm-hmm. subscriptions right <laughs> You can understand why I want to grow this. Like I have grand dreams of custom covers and stuff, right? But like this is that's a long way off in the future for us. We need to like build a a large subscriber base before that stuff even starts to become economically feasible. It is really interesting now, you know, I'm sure you went through this whole journey to look at something like field notes and understand how difficult it must be to be there you know like so hard, to yes. make money you know it's yeah tricky uh but maybe you know that's a grand dream i have for the future but for now mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of say to people like hey you're gonna you're gonna have one all the time and cotton bureau are like we're working with them on logistical stuff and You know, they told me, like, we're going to keep an eye on how many subscribers there are. And if you start to get low, we're going to hold journals or something like we're all working it out together. Right. Um, But this is kind of the next stage of this product's life is Subscriptions.
1: Well, that's great. I uh, I think that's like perfect. That's a big deal. Like I'm listening to you talk, going like this is so difficult to pull off, <laughs> and so it's I I know how much you put into it. Yeah. So yeah, that's I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm like I think it's I, great. As I'm talking about it now, I'm already starting to feel the anxiety of the holidays again.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Like it's we have happen. a lot. Like we we have ten thousand of these that just arrived. Mm-hmm. um and so i'm expecting that that's going to last us now all the way until the end of the year like right. into you know because we've sold uh, nearly 9000 of these in total so far the second edition so from like late december to now so you know 10000 gotcha. i think that's going to be enough for us to start off the um holiday season with and we'll probably have a a journal order that will come in like maybe September October time to help put us over hopefully like over the wall for the holidays you know, um, yep. Provided they keep selling, you know. Like you know, I've been really right, surprised. Right, right. We sell. I'm giving a lot of information here, but this is what you get on the Addict. Do you get mm. the behind the scenes? We sell. I don't know, like ten of these a day, just every yeah, that's day. Crazy. Which I just it is more mm-hmm. than I would have expected. Without any marketing, you know, like it's, we mentioned them on Cortex every now and then, like every couple of episodes or whatever. Um, But irrespective of any mention, we sell that amount and we're gearing up for advertising now. Like I'm working on some advertising stuff that we're going to do and we're going to start advertising them on Instagram. Have you ever done any of that?
1: Uh, not on Instagram, but I know Brian has, um, has done some Instagram ads, um, and while we're really getting into the weeds now, but mm-hmm. uh, the the short version is that seems to be the most successful current way to advertise products,
0: especially products bang for your buck, like the stuff that we make,
1: like this. Yeah, yeah, like the things that we make. Right, that seems to be the route.
0: The reason I want to do Instagram ads is because Mike Hurley buys loads of stuff from Instagram ads. You know, like I buy more products, or at least like click through on more ads on Instagram than I have with any other type of web advertising ever. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I just know this about myself and about my friends too. Right? Like there's something about Instagram advertising that, when it's done well, it's very compelling, and I'm really pleased with some of the like the treatments that we've got going right now. But we have some like logistical financial company setup things that need to be done before i can start the campaigns but i'm hoping that
1: will start soon yeah too, so. <laughs> yeah the setup is oh my is god it's a
0: freaking nightmare oh my god so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to work through that stuff but i'm purposefully not rushing yeah. it because there's no there's no real need to rush it so but yeah the, the subscriptions is where we are now and then kind of just running out the rest of the year and yeah we'll, we'll see there is one other little thing that I think I wanted to talk about today with the journal because it's just something that's playing on my mind. And you notice we've spoken about this, which is like mm-hmm. paper performance and how complicated mm-hmm. that is <laughs> to mm-hmm. do. So like I've had, you know, I've I've had some people contact me and say that like, hey, you know, my 1.1 millimeter stub nib with noodlers black is feathering a little bit on the theme system journal or whatever. And I'm kind of like Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna do that. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. really complicated. And like, you know, I was having a conversation with this person. And they was they super understanding. They was just kinda of like, hey do you know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because the the journal, the paper I have chosen I did extensive testing with myself and I am happy with the result of it. And I think the result of the paper that we use in all of our products right now is good for all circumstances, but it is not perfect for any particular circumstance because if I was to make the perfect fountain pen paper, it's going to not be perfect for the majority of our customers right right and so like i'm having to kind of thread the needle a little bit to (laughs) to find the right product fit it's very complicated to do
1: without question without question yeah like but for like a product like this it can't be tied into like a specific use case be it mm-hmm. fountain pens or pencils or gel ink pens it has to be more all-encompassing which means it may not be 100 perfect for everything but hopefully it's like 90 perfect for most of what you use kind of thing that's the way i always look at these things because like our, our paper that we use in our knock notebooks are the same thing with fountain pens right there's a lot of fountain pens and inks and nib combinations that work great but yep. there's some that just it's not gonna be good and. But the decision is well. We like this paper for what it offers, for everything, and uh, if it was a fountain pen only paper, we'd market it as such, and it's not. So you know, it's it's always there's a a whole
0: other thing about just the science of paper, which I'm learning about. Oh yeah, where it's like you can have a notebook and five pages, it might feather on, but the rest, it's totally fine because something got in the factory that day. And it's like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. it's really complicated. But I'm basically, this is therapy, this conversation for me right now. (laughs) Like I'm just, I just wanted to talk about it where it's kind of like, hey, because I think of the people that would buy the journal that would maybe have these issues, I reckon I've got a pretty decent Venn diagram listening right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Like of people that would Mm -hmm. buy the theme system or the subtle notebook and use the kinds of products where... You might see these issues. They're probably listening to the show. I te- I mean, look, I don't really... It's like, I think the paper's really good for most circumstances. And there's going to be outlier situations. What I will say is if any listeners of this show do have really egregious issues throughout the notebook, to so just contact me. I, I want to see some images and I'll take care of you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so just to to put a bow on this Mm -hmm. from my experience when I would use a different pen every day Mm -hmm. when I use my theme system journal and most of the time fountain pens and I'd have maybe one out of every 10 or 12 or 15 pens and ink combinations. I was like, ah, that's not the best on this page. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much how it went. Like, and then all the other ones would be just like perfectly fine. It's I've like, had this then, you know too. What? And I then just won't use someone again.
0: My testing is like, all right, let me try it on the next page. Oh, it's okay. And it's like, what is <laughs> happening? So that I'm still, I'm <clears throat> new to this, right? And I'm get, I'm still trying to get my head around it. Uh, it's a friggin' nightmare, but
1: <laughs> that's why we can have these conversations out loud because we've know. got, we've both gone through this and we will continue to go through this because this. It's it's nothing is going to ever make this perfect. So, but I will stand about these things out loud
0: by the fact, and we'll say it out loud because this is again part of my therapy. I believe I've made a very good product, and that, yeah. that's kind of and so you can check it out for yourself. I recommend it. CortexMarch.com. Ah, let's talk about something that's nothing to do with us.
1: Well, actually, I did this because I did this on purpose because you have another product called the Subtle Notebook, and I wanted to shout out ten years of. Patrick Ng's Chronodex system, which I saw him put a post up that this latest, uh, like six month batch of, you know, calendar, uh, planner, I don't even know what you call this system. It's just this fascinating system. It's now with this release, it has reached the, the 10 year mark. And you can use this type of system in something like the subtle notebook, right? Where you could get these printed out sheets and cut them out, paste them in there. Or transfer this type of sheet. But basically, I just wanted to give a shout out to Patrick for 10 years of Chronodex, which is really, really fascinating. He does all this for free and puts this out there like every six months, um, puts out the the next set of calendars. Because the little base that you use for the Chronodex is, is complicated, right? People who like the system generally don't draw their own Chronodex they use the pre-printed stuff that Patrick has done and he's just done this forever. And I I appreciated him for that and I wanted to give him a shout out.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is a super cool project to not only have started, but to have continued for so long and for free. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot. I mean, he could have turned this into a product a long time ago and sold it. Yep, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I think it's
0: super cool that that, uh, he continues to offer this. It's really great.
1: Mike, Yes, Brad. can I tell you how excited I am about the sponsors this week before you get into our next sponsor? <laughs> this is like the most on-point You're set of sponsorships it? for me today. Despite the fact that I didn't bring my microphone, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Never. I am all in on these sponsors. So let's talk about our, our next good friend.
0: Is this how you make it up to me? Yes. Okay, great. This episode is brought to you by Hello. They make incredibly comfortable buckwheat pillows. You may have never tried a buckwheat pillow and you may have, you know, you might not remember me talking about it, spouting so effusively about it. These are so different and so fantastic. It isn't a fluffy pillow full of feathers or foam. These are called buckwheat hulls. It's kind of like a cross between like a shell and like a beanbag kind of bean thing. It's a totally different mm-hmm. type of experience, but what it gives you is a much more comfortable experience, much more support because the pillow doesn't kind of like smush under the weight of your head like a regular pillow. Plus, it stays cool. It stays dry because air will flow through the buckwheat pillows more easily. They breathe better. They don't get warm and humid. You're not flipping to the cool side of the pillow and you're not constantly adjusting the pillow either to just, no you know, to be the right kind of fit for you. It just stays as it is, which is fantastic. You can add and remove the filling to suit your needs, kind of to make the pillow the exact kind of size that you need it to be. It's really, really awesome. I have been sleeping on a hollow pillow for years, and I adore it. Um, if I'm ever in a situation, you know, like maybe um staying over a family member's house or I'm in a hotel or something, and I have a kind of more regular, smushy, terrible pillow... I, I miss my hollow pillow all the time. Super fantastic. Hollow pillows are made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the US. You may be curious to try one of these out, and you should. You can sleep on it for 60 nights, and if it isn't right for you, you can just send it back, and hollow will give you a full refund. Go to pillow.com slash penaddict right now to get your very own Buckwheat Pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W dot com slash penaddict. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off, depending on the size that you opt for. They have fast-free shipping of every order, and 1% of all profits are donated to The Nature Conservancy. So give it a try. If you love it, keep it. If you don't, send it back. That's holopillow.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Hello for the support of this show and Relay FM.
1: I'm going to become one of those people that travels with their pillow after the current experience that I'm having right now. (laughs) It's going well, huh? (laughs) (laughs) At an Airbnb and using this foam pillow, my head was literally on fire for hours and all I wanted was my hollow pillow that i had at home and i couldn't sleep because every time i i'd turn over like the the flames would start and then i'd flip the pillow and i had to do it so much it would still be warm on the on the other side it was not as cool as the other side of the pillow it was still warm on the other side and all i wanted mike was my stinking hollow pillow that i had at home so yes um they, they've they've got me. They have sunk their teeth in me, and I am now one of those people. <laughs> I need my pillow. You're it's a that big good. hollow boy. Let's see oh it. man! All right, you were talking about the difficulties of quarterly editions, mm-hmm. and how impressed we are with someone like Field Notes. Blackwing is right there with them in the quarterly subscription game, and. Continuing to execute like good products, like every three months, every few months, three or four months, depending on how delays go. Um, and this this latest version, Blackwing sixty four, it's great. It's like a uh, it's a cool comic theme, you know, based on like the 64, 64 colors you see in the um what's the what's the phrase what's the word I'm looking for the half tone
0: oh yeah half tone mm-hmm.
1: sixty four color palette half tone so. You know the. Uh, I look at this pencil. The first thing that came to mind was not comics. Like I, I, you know, like I get it. Like I get where they're going. You see the close-ups, and you're like, oh, okay, I can see some of the kind of. I lettering. saw this was
0: art. I, you know, like it. It, sh- it told me there was something artistic but I didn't necessarily see... I mean, when I zoom in, seeing the, like, stipple pattern on the blue part tells me comics, but the lines don't tell me so much until I know, you know?
1: Right. Like, I didn't know this was a comic series until I clicked through. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they could have leaned into, like, the comic art on the pencil a little bit more than the half-times. I I totally get it. Like, I love what this looks like. Like, I'm not going to rush out and buy them despite having the... They have the 602 core, the firm core, which I very much enjoy. This is a great set. It's going to do very, very well. I do wish they would have leaned into like really more the comic panel type of situation um, to tell the story a little bit better. But Mm -hmm. they've also in telling the story, they have done some cool things. Like they work with um, a friend of the the pen community, Mike Hawthorne, who has been a long time uh, comic artist. He did a sketch, which y'all, I'll put the link in the show notes. I watched this morning on Twitter. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it. It's like a it. five minute time lapse. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's, Watching it's, him it's work, incredible skill. It's mind blowing. Yeah. It's it's he is truly truly gifted, and uh it was cool to watch him go from like a full length unsharpened pencil to like he had about an inch left on the nub on this one big drawing that he did, and it was fascinating. Um. Yeah. I couldn't so believe I, I encourage y'all to go watch that.
0: looking at it it's like yeah, it's very obviously like very intricate like very um there's a lot going on i just never would have imagined that you would use a pencil that fast right but i guess yeah yeah you know if depending on the type of lines that you're doing he needs it to be sharp and that's just going to keep he needs to keep sharpening it it's going to keep wearing it down but that was like a big surprise to me uh that that difference
1: yeah it was cool so y'all Y'all go watch that, and if you're not following Mike, follow Mike because he's awesome on yeah. Twitter. He like shares everything, and he's into like some really big stuff, um, some really big uh, comics and that he's involved in.
0: Yeah, he's um, done a bunch of Marvel
1: stuff, being an artist on. Yep, yep. Like, so know, he's been he's still he, doing
0: across the board, but like up where the big mm-hmm. people play. You know.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's uh, and he's just a all around good guy. So definitely go give him a follow. The next item I wanted to talk about. I'm not as straightforward on blackwing 64 thumbs up. Yep. The next one, Mike, what do you think of when I say Caveco elite royalty sport fountain pens?
0: Sounds that really come nice. In, you
1: know, various shades of red and blue. Yeah. Sound, like, sounds Like it's like, like this sounds great. Is for the queen? Is this mm-hmm. for the queen? Is this for the monarchy? You're going to imagine some a, elite royalty
0: class here, Brad. Do you want to know? what yeah. I want to tell you. I give you a, 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 a recap of what happened today. When I was looking at the show notes, I opened this link mm-hmm. and I burst into laughter. <laughs>
1: why? Why? I mean, uh, I won't give up my my feelings yet, but why?
0: <laughs> well, one thing that was funny to me. I don't know why this is the case, but on the pen chalet page, the images are upside down. I I don't know the Mm. reasoning for this, but that's just (laughs) what that is. But that that only added to it. But I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that was were not going to do this anymore, where they were going to write the name of the pen on the pen barrel in a weird font. I thought they'd stop doing that. Wasn't that a conversation that we had? Yes. Okay, because this is one of the worst ones. And as as Kate why? is quite rightly pointing out in the chat, why is it three cu- three pens and two of them are different shades of blue?
1: Keep going. Anything else?
0: Uh, the crowns silly. Uh, the font is trash, and that's the end. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't get so it. So I was so con- I was so confused. I was like, why are they doing some like what is like is there some, you know, German king or you know Oh, I have another thing. I have another family. thing, Brad.
0: I have another thing. The names. <laughs> all right? Royal oh, yeah, blue. Yeah, I was going to go in. The- deep mm-hmm. red, crown blue. Mm-hmm. All right. So two things. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is deep red? All <laughs> right. Like, like crown blue and
1: royal blue. What is deep uh and, it's the blood of your enemies.
0: But, like, you know, there are a lot of reds in, like, cl- like cloaks and stuff, you know, like a traditional idea. But, like, uh, deep red, but, like, crowns aren't blue. I don't know what's blue on a crown.
1: That's, that's the end. Can we get to the piece de resistance now?
0: Uh huh.
1: I'm going to read this. Okay. Because it took me a while to sort this out. Like, why does this pen exist? Mike, let me tell you why this pen exists. This U.S. exclusive, you know, with all the the, the monarchies that we've had here in, in the U.S., this U.S. exclusive is co-branded elite royalty for Caveco's U.S. distributor elite accessories.
0: Oh, this hasn't helped, but okay.
1: <laughs> it's definitely not helped. What is this elite is one accessories? Of the it's a distributor. A distributor got their own Caveco pen that they're selling. To all their US customers.
0: Am I supposed to care?
1: This is kind of grotesque.
0: About Elite
1: Accessories,
0: which is a brand that Google can't even help me find? This is the most, (laughs) one of the most mind
1: boggling. This is like wrecking my brain. And like, you know, I've had a lot of beers on vacation, Mike, Yeah, but I'm completely sober right now and I don't know why this exists. <laughs> like, I love my friends at Kenro. You love your friends at Kenro. I do not want an Estherbrook with Kenro plastered all over it.
0: Yeah, because I right? have no, affi- like I as a customer have no affinity right. for what is ultimately a hidden brand for me.
1: Right. Right that part should be invisible yeah
0: like the brands right. that we know are uh, like esterbrook right mm-hmm. or uh, right. monteverde or companies like that right the the, the mm-hmm. distributor has no relationship with a customer <laughs> until it's now like Mike. it's like it's like if dhl were like hey we ship pens <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> although to be honest that is at least a brand that people know about right like yeah shipping yeah. freight acme shipping freight company are like oh yeah. people want people want a, a pen with our brand on it
1: right like i mean you know a lot of us are sports fans and you know we yeah. have the you know all the brand merch and you know we we cheer for laundry basically is what is how we joke about like brand merchandise you know That's if you're funny. buying a jersey or something like that is like you're actually rooting for laundry um but in this case like I I, I'm on Kaveco's team I couldn't give a rip about elite accessories why would I want them on my pen like just give me the Kaveco stuff and (laughs) tell me a different story about why he chose crown blue and deep red for, for these colors not that I'm not because it's of the U.S. distributor Elite Accessories, my mind is like I've I've seen a lot of things, Mike. This one is ruining me. I I, I don't know what to say. I I don't I don't have anything nice to say like, about what has happened with this decision. It was like I they're think perfectly Ka-Veco, fine pins. I actually I don't hate the logo. Like it's a no, kind of I hate it. logo. It looks so like bad. it reminds me of like. Do you remember the old British Knights brand?
0: It's like Medieval Times oh, they, or something is what it looks like. Yeah. Quaveco <laughs> yeah, need to is. make a sub-brand to do this stuff. Because yeah. right now, for me personally, all they are doing is like chipping away at the great brand that they possess. By
1: And we thought to your earlier point we thought they fixed that
0: yeah but it seems like no and and also like making a decision like this is so weird to me like this pen should only exist as gifts for the distributors partners 100%
1: that's right? exactly what this is like
0: mm-hmm. that's who sh- like this should have been included like for example my watch brand nomos they partnered with Kaveco and made a Nomos branded Kaveco. and mm-hmm. they sent it out to watch dealerships and you would get given one if you bought one and i have one and it was like a fun little thing for me cuz it's like hey i know this so i have a Kaveco with the nomos watch branding on it but they're not yeah. selling that right mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a gift <laughs> so like it's this is like such a weird choice for me it's like a corporate Sponsorship type pen. It's like a corporate branded pen sold
1: to people. That's that's going to be widely available. Like this isn't a one-off. Like for money, has this right?
0: you want me to pay <laughs> you for this? Yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah, I don't the, get it.
1: The person who it's made for. Yeah, wow. This one's really, really messing with me. It's fascinating. Like I, yep. I love everything about this because it is so bad. Like it. <laughs> Like, I, I'm trying to be, like, metered and nice. And, you know, I love Kaweco and I love the pen, but this is a gigantic error. Yeah, we, we say this because we you're love you, to represent.
0: Kaweco, right? Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. are trying to protect you from yourself. Like, <laughs> make a secondary company and don't put your logo on it and make as many <laughs> of these things as you want, right? But stop co-branding in these really weird circumstances. <laughs> Like, Mm -hmm. it's very strange to me. Or if you're going to do it, make something that I can't uh, say no to. Right.
1: Yep. All right. So as usual, please send me feedback if I'm missing something about this because i this one i'm actually pretty convinced i'm not missing anything i mm-hmm. think it's just is what it is and but I, I i'm always open to like learn more if i'm like really overlooking like what we're missing here hello at penaddict.com Sh- please feel free to reach out and and let me know um about your elite accessories branded mm-hmm. and could What is happening, Mike? Alright. We should do some we should do some ass TPA. We got some good ass TPAs, but we do man. I, I have a feeling there might be follow-up on on this pen, unfortunately.
0: Alright, got a longer one to start with, right? So this comes from Mike. Mike yes, says, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm getting groomsman gifts ready for my wedding. Congratulations. That was rescheduled because of the pandemic. I'm sorry you had to do that. And my lovely bride suggested personalized stationary gifts for my three groomsmen. So what we have here is kind of like a description of each person with my expectation of can we make a suggestion or can Brad make a suggestion for a gift for each person. So groomsman number one. I've selfishly wanted to get this guy into fountain pens for a while because he is easily addicted to collecting things like baseballs, vinyl toys, etc. This person is perfectly in the wheelhouse for fountain pens. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, I recently found out he has a brass pen and it feels criminal to get him addicted, but I want a pen friend and I think I can hook him in. I wanted to get him a uh, con pecky for its closeness to Cubby Blue. I assume this is like a baseball thing. Is that the Cubs? Yeah,
1: so that's the Chicago Chicago Cubs, yes. Yeah, look at me. And like their their cubby blue is it's a very it's a kind of a royal ish blue.
0: Oh well we got um, the perfect so... pen. It's called the Koveco. <laughs> uh the Kaweco Elite Royal Sport. There we go.
1: It's already parsing <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Actually, like the red and the blue one of those would be a good Perfect. match because the cubs are it's this royal blue and red. So they like, found a customer. I'm gonna erase what I wrote.
0: We found a customer. <laughs> there you go, Mike. One. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I actually picked out the Twisby five eighty ALR Prussian blue. Okay. Even though that blue is yeah. It's not the color of it's not cubby blue, blue, but what you can do with this pen since it's a demonstrator. You can get like a red ink, and kind of have that blue and red look, you know, for the pen. So that was kind of my thought on this. And like, no, there there are a couple rules here. We had to stay under a hundred dollars, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, I didn't get to that. Point and
1: then, yet. and then Mike was also going to do so. Like he was talking about the personalized stuff. He's talking about doing personalized notebooks. So I didn't really rank. The, like the pins that I've chosen for like customization, right? Mm-hmm. So um the, the Twisby five eighty ALR would be a little difficult to customize, but these other ones I I chose would. But I think this is kind of, real. I th- I think this kind of like hits on what we're looking for 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 uh, groomsman number one. So I I feel pretty good about that answer.
0: Groomsman number two. This guy studied painting and loves camping. He's uh, into city planning and public transit as well. I'm thinking maybe some kind of tasteful tactical pen.
1: Yeah, this is like EDC type pen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, the tactile turn options, I classic. think, are kind of the, the... They're the classic EDC type. They can be... They, it's tasteful tactical. Like That's a good yeah. terminology to put in there. You could go with something like the spoke pen, just the standard pen with the, the gel ink refill. That's always... Uh, that would be kind of fit into this mold as well. Yeah, I um, guess you
0: could, depending you on know. the way you look at it. It's like some of the spark products could mm-hmm. have that tasteful tactical vibe. Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah, I would stay away from like the extreme end, like the like the when you get into the trade. Got, in <laughs> got a knife in it.
0: This one got a GPS signal yeah, think, in
1: case you get lost in the yeah. woods. So, um, like Karas Customs, I think those also fall into the same yeah. category as well like the tasteful tactical where you can get that style of pin for a good price, good quality. And these you could actually probably could get engraved on the barrels, these metal barrel pins. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good choice. Probably something tactile turn or Karis Customs.
0: And then Groomsman number three studied graphic design, loves drawing, doodling, cartoons. I'm torn between a, a nice stub and a fine nib for drawing. So which that's both ends of the spectrum there.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel kind of happy with all of my choices here, but I feel especially happy with this one. And it's kind of a, it's an interesting pen and I'm going to be doing a review of it soon. And we're going to, we've already had some reviews on it, but it's the platinum procyon. And here's why um, it's in that price range it's about $60 I think and it's a it's a lightweight aluminum barrel Platinum's nibs are amazing I would Best. go with the fine side of the ledger here I'd go with EF an EF Platinum Procyon in any color there's like six different barrel colors you can get and then I would especially add in Platinum Carbon Black ink for drawing and I think that's kind of like a really great art drawing technical writing setup is having a platinum procyon with those great platinum nibs steel nibs that are very fine and with an ink that is like an artist's favorite and works spectacularly well in this setup i don't know mm-hmm. that feels kind of like the right move to to me for for like a graphic design drawing doodler that we're trying to find here for groomsman number three very nice mm-hmm
0: Congratulations again, Mike.
1: Yep, and uh, let us know. Like, yeah, uh, let us know if you go, with, those if you go or, with any of this, what, if they, thing. what they think,
0: yeah. All right, this episode is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all take little risks every day when we go online, whether we think about it or not. We think our connection probably won't be interrupted by someone trying to get data from us, that it wouldn't be used against us, because why would you even consider that when you're out and about on the internet? But using the internet can be like kind of like not having that insurance policy in place, if that makes sense, like something looking after you, there could be unnecessary risk because every time you connect to an unencrypted network, so this is in public places, you know, like airports, hotels, cafes, that kind of stuff, people on the same network have the ability to get access to some of the information and data that's passing through. So your data is valuable to you. People could make money selling out your information, but also it's yours. It has your value. It's your stuff, Right. So ExpressVPN can act like that insurance for these connections. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so nobody can steal your personal data. And ExpressVPN is simple to use on all your devices. You just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. And that's what I love about it. It's on all the devices that I have. So when I'm in an environment where I'm connected to a network that I don't know, that I feel like I can't trust, I will turn on ExpressVPN and it just gives me that little additional peace of mind. It's so easy to do, why wouldn't you? Secure your online data today by going to expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That's exp dot com slash penaddict. And you can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of the show and Relay FM.
1: Did you know, Mike, mm-hmm. that I'm currently on vacation and I'm running ExpressVPN currently as wow. while we podcast This check is Mark. Like perfect it is active and it does not touch the internet speed. Nothing. Yeah, this was like like it's what I said. This is the perfect. I will perfect, say uh, like this is a great
0: example of it. Like we're having this call and there's there's no difference mm-hmm. in the there's no lag or anything like that. And you're using ExpressVPN nah.
1: for it. It's like perfect. Yep. It has been turned on this whole call. So yeah, it's great.
0: Large asks, following up from last week's conversation, is the one hundred to two hundred dollar like pen range, fountain pen range, kind of a bad entry point now, would it maybe be better to consider a sub 100 for entry and then upgrade to 200 and over?
1: So short question, but a lot to unpack here. Let me go, I'm going to answer this question directly, but let me give a little bit of feedback that I got from last week. And it was generally like almost... There were very few arguments about what was in the price range. But the question that has come out of it is is the price range valid? Which gets to Logion's point here. Is the price range the best representation that we can give for what we're seeing? And I think the price range could be adjusted to, you know, maybe. I have a one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty price range, and have a seventy-five to one hundred and fifty bracket, than a below seventy-five type of thing. But none of that, I still would say this is the best entry point. Well, I I would never send anyone here, even in a hundred to two hundred dollars range for their first fountain pen, right? So, like, we'd have to redefine entry point because one hundred to two hundred dollars has never been a good entry point, right? So that doesn't mean it's a bad entry point. Now, it means it was never the point where I'm sending someone in the first place. I'm sending them probably that's $75 or less, you know,
0: mm.
1: Twisby's, Preras, you know, Metropolitans, Safaris, Ecos. That's the entry point. The step up point is when you get into the 100 and $200 range. And I still, I think... Like one hundred and fifty to two hundred is probably the best step up point. So, like, I really like I'm a firm believer believer in the products in this price range. And there's even more. Like, I could. That's one list where I don't have a problem filling it out. Right. That that's one of the few lists that could be twice as long, and I'd be very comfortable with every entry on there. Um, That's how good that price range is. So, to specifically answer, Lojen, the 100 to $200 range was never a good entry point like that. uh, We just, I would not work that way unless I was, you know, being asked under a specific set of constraints and that came the answer, right? We would never go there, but I think it's a great step up price point. So in the future, hopefully this year, you know, um, I will break out. I think we're going to go, zero to 75, 75 to 150, 150 to 250. I don't know. I, I got to think about it, but we're, yeah. we're going to break these out a little bit differently because I think, I think the wrong things are getting left out of what has now become some of the default price points in our you know, community and mm-hmm. what's offered uh, for sale. So I think that needs to be adjusted. So I hope that answered some of the question.
0: McKay asks if your entire pen collection got wipe out, wiped out, stolen, or destroyed in an unsalvageable way. What are the pens that you would work hardest to reacquire? Current restraints like if it's a limited edition, potentially you'll have to pay the premium to get it in the secondhand market or something like that. Do you want to start off? What? What? I mean, we didn't set an amount on this or anything like that. Yeah. I picked four that were like, I I feel like these are the four I would I would have to replace. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. go for any sentimental value, personally.
1: All right, so yeah, I went with three, but I think the list is probably five, but I actually wanted to have a discussion about trying to answer this question right, and I think it's a good question. And then I was thinking about, okay, what are the most important pins for me to, if I... If I no longer had them, what pen do I want to use tomorrow? And it's number one, well, in no particular order. The Namiki Yukari Milky Way. That's like just kind of my favorite just writing pen. Like if I could have one pen that I knew could do a little bit of everything. And on top of that, it's stunning to look at. Stunning artwork, stunning everything. Great nib. Um, That one I would look to replace. The second one would be a Pilot Murex. Because it's it's kind of the opposite of the the Milky Way, not just in price but in aesthetic, right? It's cold steel, and you know, industrial looking, where the Milky Way is just artistic and beautiful. But I just love the feel and the writing of the Murex, so I would I would instantly add a Murex back into my collection. The third one I wrote down is I would commission. Jonathan Brooks to make me another Lamy Safari. He'd probably turn it down mm-hmm. <laughs> after the difficulties of, of the first ones, but I kind of want that pen because I I you know, love I safaris. Love I love the idea.
0: I use it all the time. I love it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just kind of a, a great pen. And then what I couldn't decide was my Nakaya Tamanuri. I love that pen. I love the nib most of all. So I could... Like I wouldn't be dead set on getting that exact barrel shape and color because there are a lot of Nakaya options that I would be just as happy with as that one. So I don't have, I have the sentimentality with that pin that it was like, okay, this was my first like really big purchase and my first Nakaya, but I could replicate that even if it wasn't the same, you know, green, black tone, um, you know, the, the same setup, and and things like that. Like, I think I could just get a Nakaya with a, an amazing nib that I like on it. So I didn't put that down, like, in the specific words. And the other one that falls in that category would be my King of Pen Sky. Again, my first King of Pen. You know, like, it's got great stories attached to it. But, like, I could get another... Different King of Pen, and still kind of have that that feeling. I think I would be okay with that. So, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I had those like three definitive ones. Were the first ones that I would go out and try to replace immediately, and then like yeah, I'd want another King of Pen, and yeah, I'd want another Nakaya, but they didn't have to be the exact specific one that I was replacing. I could go with you know a, a newer model or a different model and be just as content. But, like, the three that I listed, I would definitely want replaced as is.
0: Yeah, I kind of went with, by and large, stuff that I could buy and things Mm -mm. that don't have that kind of sentimentality to them. So I don't have any, like... You know, like, I agree with the Brooks Arushi, but that was a one-off. Like, it's not going to happen again. Like, I can't buy it. And the same with, like, Mm -hmm. some pens that where I feel like I've picked them. You know, like... My Canalea pens or whatever, I feel like they are the mm-hmm. ones that I chose. And so I went with a selection of pens that, by and large, I can buy. And they represent the, like, the spectrum of stuff that I enjoy. So the first is the Pilot M90. This would be the hardest, right? Because they don't, they don't make mm-hmm. this pen. I would have to find this somewhere else. This is the one that I feel like I'm least likely to be able to get my hands on. Um, but I mm-hmm. consider it to be one of the greatest fountain pens ever made, so I would be super upset if I couldn't get another one of these. Um, I would want a 1911 King of Pen. I would ideally like my tangerine, like, but I would take another color. Uh, really, I would just I want a King of Pen, and I think mm-hmm. the 1911 is my favorite King of Pen shape out of that and the pro gear. I think I prefer the 1911 because it's it's the maximum King of Pen. It's like, you know... Mm. Before you start going into the <laughs> Ebonites, but I'm not really interested yeah. in those so much. Um the Pro Gear Japan Steel. So this is the one with the little like hand hit uh exterior. I just think it's a fantastic This one surprised me. I love this pen so much, Brad. I adore it. It's one of oh, it's my great. Top, it's great. like yeah. five uh and it really for me it was like I want a pro gear. If I was gonna have any pro gear, which one would it be? Right? Like that was that mm-hmm. was the thinking for this. Um it's like if i if I had to replace a pro gear, which pro gear do i want the most and it's that one um and then my uh platinum thirty seven seventy six galaxy starlight because it's a beautiful pen yep. and i would want to have a platinum in that list
1: yep that's uh, we kind of we definitely thought along the same lines mm-hmm. you know there's some definitives like okay i need i want like a one a one to one relationship exact thing. You know, like in the case of the Mirax and the M90, you know, then you want like you said, you want a platinum in there, or you want a pro in there. If like I though,
0: this. like if I had to rebuy mm-hmm. the 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 uh, Galaxy Starlight, I would get a broad nib rather than a medium. I have a medium nib mm-hmm. on mine, mm-hmm. and I have a broad nib on my nicely less, and I prefer the broad nib to the medium.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. I think that would be allowed under the rules.
0: I think so. It's my money. I'm buying them all again. I've had, <laughs> I've had a heartbreaking scenario, which has mean that my, all my pens, my entire pen collection is unsalvageable. I'm doing whatever I want. Right. right. All right. Last question today comes from Michael. What type of design of furniture would make up your ideal queen of pens? Ebonite, like the king, or something else? So, of course, we just mentioned it, right? I never, I don't really think of it mm. in this way, but it is king of pen, right? Like it's a particular thing and this isn't in an attempt to gender pens king queen from me but what i would want to make a truly fantastic pocket pen as the direct opposite to the king of pen which is big and oversized i would want to make something beautiful and undersized as the counter to what the king of pen is about you know
1: Mhm mhm that's interesting. I I didn't think of it that way. That makes that makes sense the the route I want I went is I want the I want an ebonite piston filler or at a minimum a good Japanese eyedropper. No cartridge converter in these thousands of dollars worth of pens, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm very pro cartridge converter, but there's a point where you do question going, "Hey, these king of pens are very large." And could hold a lot of additional internal mechanisms. What would a piston or an eyedropper big ebonite pen look like from Sailor? And that would kind of be my one option. Um, and I would probably do it like clipless like some of these, some of the ebonite ones. Like I would really want them to be shown off without any external furniture but have internal hardware to get rid of the cartridge converter system that would be my ideal
0: if you would like to send in a question for us to answer on the show you can send out a tweet with the hashtag #AskTPA. if you're a relay fm member you can use question mark RSTPA in the relay fm members discord or you can send them over email to hello at penaddict.com if you want to find brad online you can go to penaddict.com knock.co spokedesign.com, and brad streams very frequently, obviously not while he's on vacation, at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Will you be back next week for streaming?
1: Definitely. Full schedule next week.
0: Awesome. Uh, Brad is penaddict on Instagram, and he's dowdyism on Twitter, and Brad on micro.blog, we've learned today (laughs) as well. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. A little bit more confusing (laughs) for me. I'm I'm I Mike. I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you to micro.blog, ExpressVPN, and hello for listening uh, for, for maybe the listen, but for supporting this week's episode, I was mm. what I was thinking was must remember to thank the listeners who've gotten this far through the show and offer our apologies again. And in a way, I can confirm to you this is never going to happen again because now every time Mm. Brad travels, I will say, Brad, don't forget your microphone. That's what's going to happen forever. Even though now, Brad will never forget his microphone because he will always remember the fact (laughs) of the time when he forgot his microphone. He will now have me saying, hey, Brad, don't forget your microphone. So thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pan (laughs) Addicts, and we'll be back next time. Say goodbye, Brad.
1: Goodbye, Brad.